This is a Sydney EO production. Welcome to episode 34 of the Sydney EO Business Podcast. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm joined with Fatima Saeed. Hi, Fatima. How are you? Hi, Brendan. I'm really well. Thank you. That's good. Um, So tell me, you're a new member and your business is E-Wave. You've got a fantastic office down here in the rocks. Um, Why did you join EO? Well, I've um, just recently joined, actually just um, had my second forum last week. Um, I joined mostly because I've been an entrepreneur all my life. I started my first business, which is not E-Wave, the one before that, um, when I was 16. So I've never had a boss um, and really everything I do, I just kind of learnt it on the go. So having a bit of a network that you can bounce things off of, learn from, share your ideas with um, was a a really important thing for me and while you kind of meet a lot of entrepreneurs on the way and they're always there like I call them when I need how do you do do this bonus scheme or have you do you have an employee share program how does it work it's very ad hoc and kind of problem based and so sometimes I don't speak to them for months or years yeah so So it gives you a bit of formal structure to have a support group that's it and so uh, you said you started your first business at 16. Were your parents in business for themselves or? No, my parents actually are both doctors. So oh, right, very okay. different and very disappointed that we were three siblings. <laughs> I've got two brothers and myself and all three of us ended up in IT. Oh, okay. Um, so just took a very different direction. And so that's quite unusual because you, you were saying before that your first business was actually with your two brothers. So you kind of have your parents are in business, but all the siblings are. So... Tell us a little bit about that journey because there's a bit of a sting in the tail, you were saying. Yes. Um, and that, I think it sounds like that has propelled you on to making your current business a real success. That's right. So we started out um, literally from my parents' house. We were all in our little kids' bedrooms. Um, I was 16. My older brother was eight, eight, not even 18 yet, and my younger brother was 14. This is in Austria? In Austria, correct, yeah. Europe. So all underage. And um, we set up this website to um, sell hosting services online, and we were mostly selling them into the U.S. So when you say hosting services, I take it it's like internet hosting, is it? Internet website hosting, yeah. So this is before Amazon existed and AWS and all the cloud services that that exist today. So what year was that, just to give us a bit of a time frame? Um, This would have been 1999. Oh, wow. Okay, that was really early. Very early days, Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we just kind of set up that business and we had a, a guy we bought the server space from in the US and it grew really quickly. Um, you know, my parents had to um, take us to court to get um, an order that we could actually sign contracts because we were all underage. Um, <laughs> we got our uncle in the US to set up a merchant account and, and he called my dad one day and was like, what is your son doing? What are you, yeah. your kids doing? Because there's all this money coming in. Like, I'm not sure, is this all legal? And and so this is really, you know, they, they just started believing in what we did when they actually saw the, the checks mm. kind of rolling in. And then they were like, you're onto something. And, and yeah. you're way ahead of your time in the sense that everyone wants a, a SaaS business now with recurring income. I take it that was a recurring income business that got paid every month. Yeah, absolute subscription business. Awesome. Um, 
every month and you know grew to about 300,000 active subscribers so oh, we were massive, like yeah. huge yeah, yeah we were like top five in our industry in the US and so um, did that whole dot com dot com bubble affect you guys or not really because um, it was they were real businesses needing yeah not really to be Mm. honest because Mm. we were growing very quickly we were really profitable so it wasn't an issue um and we just kind of grew through this um this period didn't affect us very much even though the majority of our business was in the us oh okay and how many staff did you get up to because if you had three hundred thousand active active customers that sounds like full on yeah we had about 150 um team members they were kind of spread out between the US where we had our um, data centers, our call centers, um, and then Europe, which really only just existed because we happened to be there. Yeah, right. Um, and then we had our Eastern European offices in Romania, Ukraine, um, where a lot of the kind of hardcore engineering work was done. It's so funny because, I mean, so many businesses try and crack the US and it sounds like it just happened for you guys organically and that's where the market was. Yeah, absolutely. Where the market was, the growth was. We did try many years later to actually open up like a German um, hosting company and, and didn't find the same success we found in the yeah, US. Right. So yeah, I, right. I think just in terms of marketing, messaging and the offer we had at that point, the US was the right market for us. So that sounds incredibly an exciting ride. What what happened? You went you from there, you were you're 16 and then... Obviously, you went along for a few years and then... Yeah, did that for almost 10 years of, of my life. So oh, wow. um, we eventually, when I finished uni, we decided to pack up the Austrian office and move into the US. Because, yep. um, as I said before, there's literally no reason for it to be there. Um, all our revenue was in USD expenses at that point. Currency switched into euros. Yep. Um, the exchange rate changed. So commercially, it, it was just um, a smart decision to actually relocate. So we picked up our 20 or so staff that existed in Austria and kind of all moved together. Oh, nice. Um, it's like a um, you had a network straight away. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we, we, we all went through the same journey, you know, to relocate to I another mean, that's, country. That's so. an incredible leadership, really, to convince 20 staff, you know, that are probably fairly comfortable in Austria to say... Hey, let's just relocate to the US, guys. It's going to be fun. Yeah, very. And we weren't actually, we all live in a really small town in Austria. So there's about 7,000 people in that town. Oh, wow. So it's not even like, you know, someone who's used to city and traveling. Um, but yeah, they were all in for the ride and and came with us. And, and was everyone pretty young or? Yeah, quite young. Yeah. yeah we were wow, a pretty what, young team. What an adventure. Absolutely. And where did you move to? Did you move to like... A big city in the US? Or? So we originally our first um, data center was in Kentucky out of all okay. places okay. and that wasn't by choice it literally was just because the first the person we rented the first service space from happened to live there right. um, and then he called us up one day and was like guys my wife says the living room's getting too hot we're like what do you mean he's like I've got all these servers in my house and here's us thinking that you know he's a proper operation yeah. had like a data center and yeah, it didn't quite turn out that way, but then we already had, you know, so many users and servers in that area, so we actually um, opened our first data center there. But when we relocated um, to the US, we didn't want to live in Kentucky, of course, so no. 
Um, and also, we were the third largest um, bandwidth consumer of three states combined in the US, and there wasn't enough fiber in the ground to continue to sustain <laughs> our growth. Yep. So the government was really committed because we were like the only IT job provider in the region yeah, wow. to get the fiber in, but it would have taken them two years. Yep. So the decision for us was like, okay, do we pick up and move um, or do we kind of not grow for two years? So we decided to move and the next target was Ohio, mm -hmm. Columbus, Ohio. Two reasons, one, we had family there and secondly, they had a really good fiber ring okay. under the city yep. um, and good connectivity. So um, that's, we relocated the data center um, overnight into um, Ohio at pretty much three months after all the Austrian office moved. I mean, what was the speed difference at that time? Because I imagine that would have been on today's standards pretty slow. Very. And we had, you know, three really big connections coming into the, the data center and even just the savings commercially was enormous difference between the connect connections we had in Kentucky versus Ohio. So it yep. actually propelled our, our business forward in terms of growth and profitability as well. Yeah, cool. So gone from some guy's lounge room yep. <laughs> into a proper data and our kids' room, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And so that's what sounds like about year five, six, something like that. Yeah, about that. So it was 2008 that we moved to the US. Okay. And so, so then another, you know, the financial crisis, did that affect you guys or? Um, I guess it's one of those, hosting is one of those basic things. Like if you switch the, yeah, it's all over. You it, know, if you're it, switching that off, it's. Yeah, absolutely. Like any, and we were SMB focused, you know, our plans were kind of really affordable as well, a growth focused. So we, we had really good growth. We were growing mm. like between 50 to 100% every year. Wow. Um, and didn't really feel that. And that really becomes a that. huge number when you compound that over, you know, five, six, seven, eight years. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool. And then so we're getting up to the sting in the tail. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell us what, what happened? And then and I guess that will be a segue into E-Wave and sure. yeah, how that got built. So. It was just about a, a year in from when we moved to the US, so to 2008 we moved and then, um, you know, as it happens sometimes when there's a lot of money involved, um, my older brother just kind of thought it would be way nicer to, to um, be able to control it all by himself. So one day in January 2009 I walked um, to the office like every morning and I tried to open the door and I couldn't get in. Um, I tried to log into the systems and I couldn't get in. I tried to log into the banking accounts, couldn't get in. Um, so essentially, he just locked myself and my younger brother out of our company. Wow, and that's huge. I mean. It was like a big shock. It was just a shock and I don't think I actually comprehended what happened mm. for a little while, um, a long while after that. Ha had you taken money off the table during this period? No. So we've always reinvested everything back into the business. Okay. Um, you know, we had a couple of, uh, obviously the company was um, jointly owned you know, a third each between the three of us. Then also we had a house in Ohio that was also jointly owned. We had our office space in Austria jointly. So everything was always three ways. So this sounds incredibly messy to sort out. Very, very. And um, look what actually happened at that point is I, I kind of, I came to Australia with my husband um, and we just wanted to just take a break. And I thought my brother would actually come to his senses and everything would go back to normal but it's totally not what happened. So um, it just, he, he just wanted control of the company. He wanted all the shares of the company. Um, so, and he fought, fought for that, right? He created a lot of um, 
bigger mess by mm. trying to bankrupt the parent company in Austria right. to disconnect things. Um, and so, you know, it became a really big legal uh, fight. Um, I think at some point we had seven lawsuits in two continents. And then how do you fund something like that? Like if all the money's inside the company and the you're trying to, he's got contr- effectively got control of the company. Yeah. Now, that so, must be incredibly difficult. So this was actually the hardest part because um, I think this is what he what his strategy was. He was yep. betting on that. He knew I only had limited amount of cash yep. and I would run out of it very quickly, given that I also have no more income, right? Yeah. Um, and so he was just creating, you know, one lawsuit after another to just waiting for me to get to that point where I have to give up. Mm. Um, so it took me well over a year and I had an amazing mentor here in Sydney who I've met through my husband and she just heard my story and she was like, this is just wrong. I'm going to help you, but you don't have a case. So she was the one who'd wake up at 5am every morning before work, she'd be up until 12 midnight my time and help me just write letters to the banks, to the accountants, to my brother and document and build up an actual case to, mm-hmm. so that I can fight it. So that went on for about a year and a half and through this process I was just looking for lawyers and um, you know because we were in Australia I used to have conversations at 1am, 3am mm. and I think I went through about 30 different law firms, kept repeating my story over and over but because I had no money mm. it was a very risky thing for take to, for them to take on there's a big asset there yeah but it would have to be a contingency but um, surely, success fee surely you still had shareholding yeah 33 percent for yeah. sure and do you still own that um no so we eventually um after three years of, of going through this process, yeah. um, you know, by that time we'd already set up my current company, E-Wave yeah. here in Australia. It was really growing quickly, mm. and you know, three years in, I kind of looked back and I said to myself, "What am I doing with my time? What am I doing with my energy mm. that I have that I can invest in something really positive yeah. to grow into a life and my future, yeah. or am I going to keep getting stuck in the past?" Yeah. So I just and and my main point was really that I just wanted to prove it was never really about the money it was like I just wanted to prove that you cannot get away with something like yeah. this it, it yeah. doesn't matter who you are when you do something wrong mm. you need to pay for it at some yeah. point yeah. so I think it just got to this stage where I decided okay a settlement would be um, the best way forward to do to achieve two things one is make the point um, that you can't get away with it and secondly um, disconnect myself from all the <coughs> negative energy that was surrounding this that was really just in my past and be yeah. able to focus um, my time that I have in the now into building my future. Yeah. Um, and so I did that and look, I probably got like, um, you know, one, three, maybe 5% maximum of whatever that was worth yeah. at that time. But you got a life back. I and, got my life back. clearly E-Wave looks like it's going really well. So tell us a bit about what eWave does. Sure. So eWave, we're a digital transformation agency with commerce at our core. So basically we help um, brands like Canon, Nestle, Nike, um, Platypus Shoes, etc. to do all things e-commerce. Okay. So from the strategy to the creative to the actual platform builds um, oh, okay. and then help them grow that channel as part of their business. So is that challenging with, I don't know, like platforms like Shopify and I don't know, is are they the sort of 
platforms that you're coming up against or uh, do bigger customers want something more custom? So we work in the enterprise space. So yep. the vendors that we partner with are Adobe and Salesforce. Okay. Um, so while Shopify is definitely also in the same space, they're on yep. the SMB um, side you. of it. So we, we don't typically come up against them. Yep. Um, but yeah, they kind of operate in that SMB space and of is the it market. And is it a similar model where you, I don't know, have monthly recurring revenue coming in from these customers? It's or? actually very different. It's okay. a service-based business. It's all about people. Um, and, uh, you know, essentially you, you, you're selling time yeah. of people. So yeah. I had to kind of relearn how do you scale a business like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. And in the 10 years, um, you know, we've kind of figured it out. I'd, yeah. I'd like to think. So I've got about 250 people now globally. Wow. Um, we have head office here in Australia with about 45 people. It's not yep. our biggest office, just yep. head office because so we're here. So you've clearly got some talent. Your brother didn't recognise it. But <laughs> no, not me, but no, my I, team I was, is great. I was, yeah. I was actually talking about you. You've clearly got some talent if you build, built you. a company from scratch up to 250 people globally. It's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. So where are some of the other offices? Um, we have our biggest centres of excellence in, in Eastern Europe. I've had good success in that region before in my first business, so that's where I went again, especially in e-commerce. That's where a lot yep. of talent is. Um, so these are the people that are doing all the technical builds? and Correct, yep. yeah. And yep. then um, we've acquired a business in uh, Asia last year, so oh, that okay. kind of gave us presence in Hong Kong, China, um, and now also in Singapore. Um, and was that business is that like client facing or is it more sort of building stuff it's uh client facing so definitely hong kong is client facing china is more on the the build yeah. and the, the product delivery side of things um europe was purely delivery for um probably the first eight years of our time but now we've also opened up a sales organization in that region and it's going really well as well so we now have customers literally in the US, Europe, Asia and here in ANZ and we see really big growth out of the other regions. And so is Australia the biggest market or is it do you it, just happen to be wanting to live in Sydney? and Well, it is still total revenue-wise the, the biggest market, but definitely not growth-wise. I think we've we've reached capacity here, which is why we You're looking overseas. Uh, yeah. Correct to to continue this the growth pattern that we've had, like growing thirty to fifty percent every year at our scale. Hmm. Um, you actually need to look outside of Australia. So that's kind of what we've done and. Um, we see really good momentum there. We still, you know, I love Sydney. Came here 10 years ago and it's, it's just some magic about this place that I wouldn't want to live anywhere else apart yeah. from kind of short periods of time. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's in terms of growth areas for us, definitely Asia and, and Europe are ahead. So, I mean, that's a lot of responsibility, 250 mouths to feed. Yeah. How do you keep it running? Because with it, I can understand it with recurring revenue businesses where you, it's predictable and you can plan but when it's service based and it's effectively transactional you I don't know you must have some sophisticated planning models or oh, I wish or, I or, wish or, or, um, you, or you're charging the right money for these big enterprise customers to yeah, make it we just always focused on growth and and you know one uh, one of my mentors once said to me actually this is the first year I came to Australia she said to me why don't you buy a house and I was like which planet do you live on like you know my story you know what just happened I just yeah. lost everything how could I even think about that and yeah. she goes no 
you know, I can see you're like me. She runs a couple of real estate businesses. So she probably wanted to sell yeah. me a house. <laughs> but uh, she said, you're like me. You know, you just need to commit yeah. and then you'll figure out the way to make it happen. Yeah. And that, you know, even though it did made no sense to me in the moment, I think it kind of that stayed with me. It stayed in my head until today. And if I look back, every time I did exactly that, I committed Mm. Um, to something, even though I didn't know how on earth I'm going to make this happen, it turned into the really next big step for the business. So okay. I committed to, you know, hiring someone when I barely had money to pay them for two months. I committed to an office that I only had rent for three months um, yeah. to pay. But because you're in it, yeah. you're going to figure out the way to, yeah. to no, deliver on it. There's no the alternative is to go broke or work it out. That's it. So I've always found that way and that's kind of what I live by. I'm just not I'm just not scared of anything. I just yeah. go for it. Yeah. I think, you know, all the growth is on the other side of fear. So as soon as I get that feeling that I'm oh, this is a bit scary. I'm just going, okay, I need to go for that because yeah. that means I'm going to grow. So have you taken anything out or you've put everything back in? Into this business? Yeah. Um, we do put a lot back into the business. So yeah. look, we have a good lifestyle. You know, the first three, four, five years were really, really challenging like yeah, to grow course. it from nothing yeah. um, to where we had about 50 or so people. Um, and we've been through some, you know, crazy um, growth uh, yeah. spots that yeah. were really tough when you're like eight to ten people and you sign four big enterprise clients in one month yeah and they're stretching you, you out to that? 60 90 days you know after you, deliver that, after you deliver the project correct and you've got to fund the whole thing so it was you know there were, there were many times in this journey where where we were, i had two or four thousand dollars in the bank account right yeah to, wow to, to live and yeah. you just again you just, it just all figure out the you. way Oh, and that's then, amazing. Well, that's a very inspiring story to hear, you know, that's two lots of 10 years. Yes, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> um, uh, one, one question I had for you. Do you. Have you found that after 10 years, because I recently, or a couple of years ago, I went through a 10-year hurdle with mm. one of my businesses and I found myself quite flat, like I didn't have the energy. I've got my energy back now, but I went through a period for probably 18 months where... It was kind of really hard to get that second wind. Have you experienced anything like that, or are you you're still? Yeah, I think the first business I didn't I didn't quite get there, and then you know it all kind of turned for yeah. me. And sometimes yeah. life um, happens for you, and yeah. you don't realize yeah. that it's actually good for you until many years later. Yeah. Um, this business actually, I think it happened um, uh, maybe three or four years ago, where we kind of hit a bit of a ceiling, and I really struggled to break through that and, mm. and find you know, new motivation, new drive to keep growing. Yep. And it took a while, like maybe 12 months to work through it. It was literally this plateau where we hit, we became the number one independent commerce agency in Australia. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, even what my next? team was asking what me, what's next? next? What are we yep. doing next? You know, we've won all the awards, we've won all those big clients, like, what are we doing next? So, um, I think that's when the, you know, we, we thought, a lot and explored different strategies but we just expanded our capabilities we took on salesforce and we went into asia and decided to grow both capability wise and geography 
uh, or geographically, and I think that really kind of opened up the excitement again, both yep. for me personally as well as for the, the people in the team and the business. Because now, right now, we can see a really straight and clear way forward, and how to continue to grow. Oh, that's awesome! So even though you know we get approached all the time by um, by people by for prob- acquisition, probably Salesforce. If, if you if you're annoying them, yeah, there's a lot. No, sorry, we sell their software. Oh, you sell yeah, their software. Yeah, got it. But got there it, got is, it. you know. But I mean, that's that's often a play, isn't it? Like, I know a lot of companies have probably started off selling Salesforce. You know, they do like an app or something like that, and then they just get gobbled up. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of consolidation in our industry. Yeah. And, you know, definitely a lot of interest. But I'm like, look, right now we're like... Yeah, riding the wave and absolutely, enjoying it. Yeah, it's the it's right time yep. to be in this industry. Awesome. And, yeah, it's, it's really exciting. Okay, great. Well, we'll wrap up now. Um, I wanted to ask you five quick questions. Sure. Uh, may I ask how old you are? I am... That was too quick. 35. <laughs> 35. Oh, wow, you're so young. Um, and uh, how many hours of sleep do you get each night? Uh, about eight. Okay. And what do you like to do to keep fit? Oh, mentally or physically? Well, it's up to you. <laughs> up to you. Um, I'm going to go for the mental one because yeah. I, I don't do very much physically right now. Um, but probably two things. So one is audiobooks has been my big um, companion over the years. Before I joined yep. EO, this is where I learn most of the things um, I learn from. If I've got a problem I haven't yep. seen before, someone else in the world had that problem yep. before. So I've just got to go look for it and yep. always get great ideas from that. And then um, physically, I've just recently, about maybe four months ago, gone vegan. So oh, okay. that's actually been a big change in okay. lifestyle and diet, but a yep. very positive one. So I feel really good. Great. Um, do you have any personal goals you're looking to achieve in the next 12 months? 12 months. Um, I don't know if there's any personal things that aren't connected to the business. There's always okay. some kind of connection. So um, I think for me it would be to, to build a global sales organization, which would then give me more freedom again in yep. my life, the okay. way it was maybe 12 months ago now that you know we've got this big mission of going global. Okay. Um, and then I would spend more time with my little one, go on yeah. more trips. Um, yeah, we traveled a lot the last two years and this year it slowed down a bit. So I, I definitely want to take him more around okay. the world. Awesome. And then if you could be remembered for one business achievement, what do you think that might be? Mm. Like a legacy, I guess. Hmm. I think it would be really fun to be able to create the... Um, largest independent global agency in commerce space um, but also make it a really fun place to work like some of the things we've done for our team is introduce things like unlimited paid leave Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just something that you don't see very often and you know for for me it's like I created a business so I can be free and Don't people just take you up on 12 months? So, yeah, this is, this is the interesting thing. We're about, you know, eight months in now and, yeah. and I ha- I'm encouraging them. I haven't seen enough uptake of it. And wow. we just started actually campaigning around that, getting the managers to start doing it um, so that people see, hey, it's okay. You mm. can actually do that because I just wanted to move away from this. You know, we used to spend a lot of time going, this person's late, this person's leaving early, where is this... It's just a waste of everybody's time, right? I just completely switched from looking at how long people work or where they're working to the results. It's all yeah. result-based now. So as long as you 
bring the results for the business. Yep. It, I actually don't care how you do cool. it, where you do it, when you do it. Amazing. Um, and you know, it's very easy to to look across the team and see who's performing and who's not. And yep. um, you know, I, I want you to manage your life the way you want to on yep. your terms. And cool. Yeah. And then finally, if people want to find out a little bit more about what eWave are doing, Fatima, where can they? What's your website? Um, www.ewave.com. Okay, fantastic. Thanks very much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Brendan.